It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. There is a lot of ground to cover on a very busy Friday. We were just loaded with stuff uh, since our last uh, show for a change. So just real quick, I'm going to say golf outing. Go to GetStuckOnSports.com. Go to the tab. June 25th. June 25th. The Elks. You want to get your team in for the second annual Get Stuck On Sports uh, golf outing. And then, Brady, anything that you want to put in this segment, do it, and then we'll hit the break. Uh, I'm going to hijack the like the first couple minutes of the first segment before we get into it because there's something I just have to get off my chest because it's ridiculous that, right. you, that you actually found, but I have been more enamored with it than you have. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm going to – the first thing is going to have to do with high school sports, Michigan high school sports, but not even close to this area. All right, so, and you're going to do that right off the bat. Yeah, you're we'll going to save it, it for out the of, third no, we're just going to get it out okay. of the way. Okay, we'll do that when we come back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. 
Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at advscu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Derek Lean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Lean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Lean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magnet International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with uh, Dennis and Brady. Before Brady goes on a rant, we're going to wish happy birthday to our man, Dave Taddy. Yeah, the most entertaining person to ever probably get on here. And I'm sure we'll have him back again next football season. He's finally 21, so it's legal now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yesterday while we were just sitting in our little workspace and looking at scores and trying to get stuff for the website, Dennis looks at me and goes, you're not going to believe this. This has to be a typo. I'm like, what? He goes, a softball score. He's like, just guess. Guess what you think this will be. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, there's like eight softball scores on the MHSA site because no one reports them. And I'm like, 30 to nothing. He goes, nope, 61 to nothing. Ishpeming Westwood beat Manistique. So I go on Game Changer, and I go to look it up to confirm it because we're both thinking it was supposed to be 16 to nothing, and they just hit it in the wrong order. Turns out it was a typo. It was actually 67 to nothing. In three innings, Dennis. The first inning was 32 runs scored, and then 21 runs scored in the second, and 14 runs scored. Ishpeming Westwood had 44 hits. They walked 23 times. There was only five errors by Manistique slash Big Bay Danak. And there were only three home runs in the game, but... We started talking. There were two girls on Ishpeming Westwood with double-digit RBIs. And we started saying, one, why are you going to 67? And two, 
How did? How was there not a fight between the two coaches? <laughs> because I said, I'm like, once it got to like 40 and they're still piling, I said, first of all, how does an umpire, if I'm an umpire in that game, as long as the ball is working somewhat towards the plate, I'm calling a strike. As long as the first baseman catches a ball going to first, it's an out. And I'm finding any excuse to get out because after like 30 to nothing, that gets ridiculous. Well, okay, so 32 runs in the first inning is the first thing about this that's atrocious. Um, at a certain point, you have to understand your situation pretty early, I would think. I'm I thinking think before the game. The second time through your order, when you're probably at 10 to nothing, 15, you know, I'm thinking in a game like that, they're at 15 at least. The first two times through, through the order. You've got to start telling your kids to leave bases and to take outs. I saw Centerline do it um, last year in the regional against East Point because they won the game 18-3. to I think they scored 15 runs in the first inning of the game, and then it was just like, no, we're not going to do this. Let's just... We'll, we'll try to get the three innings done as fast as we can. We have enough to win the game, and we're going to play Marysville in the finals. And, you know, they could have scored 100 runs if they wanted to, but what's the point, what's the purpose to doing that? Um, and I was talking because I was at the Elmont Northern game, talking to the coaches there. The Elmont coaches were telling me they've already had a game this year um, when they played Rochester and they won 23-2, to they had an 18-run inning in that game. And he said once he had gotten all of his bench players in that bat, mm-hmm. they started stepping off bases because they're like, we're not going to do this to somebody. Exactly. Now, what blood feud must there be between Ishpeming Westwood and Manistique slash Big Bay Danak that you are putting up 67 runs? By the way, if this is true, if this is accurate, this happened back on Wednesday, that would break the state record for runs scored in a game by 20. Yeah. The previous record was 47 and as far as we could tell, it would be, we tried to look it up. It's hard to find national records. It would be like top five-ish national of all time. Well, I, uh, I'll say this. For the losing side, I give them credit for playing all three innings, and I give them credit for not creating an incident if there wasn't an incident. Well, that's the thing. Like Usually you'll see once every other year you'll get a basketball score. It'll be like, oh, this prep school in California beat this other team 105-2, to two, and then the coach gets fired, and, and it's, there's always a big article about it. I couldn't find hardly anything. I don't know if it's because it's the UP or what, but 67 to nothing, Dennis. I know they get coverage up in the UP. Right. Um, Escanaba's been to the Final Four a couple of years in softball, and those guys cover a ton of teams up there. They're like a network of stations from Escanaba to Newberry, and the, I was talking to the guy, this is three, four, five years ago, uh, and, and he's like, we cover like 30 schools. Right. So, I mean, I, and I they get like, coverage up there. And I feel like Ishpeming is a big enough yeah. town up there. I mean, in in relative terms, it's And if not their team is good. that good, they're getting coverage. Right, and they're not far from Marquette. And Marquette has a pretty big, is a big-ish market for there. 
how does that happen and how does again 67 runs on the other side how do you not walk off after 30 and go you won we get it yeah i i think i'm going if 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 i'm the coach on the team that's getting shellacked here big bay denock i'm like okay it's 32 to nothing after our at bats we don't need to play anymore right it's very we, we forfeit whatever whatever we have to do to get my kids out of here safe we're done yeah i mean yeah you, you've you've proved your point you're superior yes you let's, win let's i don't go know that, like what because again you ask well what's the cutoff point i think 25 or 30 is a pretty solid cutoff point again i think if i'm up 20 to nothing in the top of the first and they can't get me out i'm, I'm like just okay when you're up bump the ball right at the pitcher if you're again, on the base, leave the base early. Let, we're done. Again, I understand an umpire has to be impartial. But if you're umpiring that game, don't you make up that when a kid hit a ball, they were out of the box? You say, oh, she swung, her foot was out of the box, she's out. I, something. And you just do... If the, if the coaches aren't uh, uh, on the team that's winning aren't going to do something, then, yeah, as, as an official, you, you might want to kind of take charge and everything's a strike. I mean, the, yeah, are, are they going to hoot and holler at you when one goes off the backstop and you're calling it a strike? Yeah, you know what I'm doing? I'm turning and going, pointing at the scoreboard and yeah. going, shut up. Yes. Or I'm running the first guy that hoots and hollers at me. Right. You, you, I just don't understand how it gets to 67 to nothing. Because when we were looking up in our research with this, we found a game that in, I think it was in Connecticut. It was like 90 total runs scored, but it was – 44 to 43 or something like yeah. that like it was a game where nobody could pitch and everyone was bombing the ball so that i get that's how you get to that many runs but yeah i mean this is on game change so someone if this didn't actually happen then someone just sat down with their game changer app and was like oh this would be funny out out or single single double double single double and has a very creative mind <laughs> And then also submitted it to the MHSAA. Yeah, which uh, which leads me to believe that th- this is something that happened. Maybe I'll call the school and just ask. <laughs> it is really driving you crazy. It is because the other, like again, you feel like this. Brady would have charged the mound in this game. What would you have done if you were broadcasting this game? Because um, this had to have taken like two, three hours to play well, three innings. Because uh, it was at. Manasik slash Big Bay Yeah, somewhere during the 32-run first inning, I would have probably started squawking about, you know, what is Ishpeming doing here? Right. This has gone beyond ridiculous. And then when they scored 21 in the second, I probably really would have been bashing them. And then how about – and lost in that 14 runs in the third. Yeah. When you're so you come up in the third and you're up fifty three nothing and you have to push across fourteen more runs. Yeah, I that's to to me. Uh, well, it goes way beyond overkill. Like I say, I would have gone. I would have gone out after the first inning and said, "Hey, we don't have to to play anymore." Right. I get you want to get because I'm assuming that this is a probably a young team. I mean, those schools don't have probably two hundred kids in them. I mean, they're co-opting for softball, so you know that it's going to be tough. Like, there's as, obviously as, a talent disparity. As the manager on the side that's ahead 
I'm telling my kids, stand at the plate with the bat on your shoulder, don't swing. Or and swing then on everything. And then I'm telling the umpire, call everything a strike. Right, or just swing at every let, and let's, intentional. Let, let's have nine, I don't care if they bounce up to the plate, let's have nine pitches this inning and let them get their next at-bats. Right. Anyway, I just wanted to start with that because that has occupied a large portion of my brain for the past 48 hours <laughs> and it has been driving him crazy i just thought that sometimes i'm going to be selfish and i'm going to lead with something that i want to because it's our show and now let's get to it because we had a metric ton of scores and results some of which are interesting let's go back to wednesday start with softball yeah we'll start wednesday with softball st Clair crosslex played a doubleheader speaking of some hitting uh the saints win game one 21 to 5 over the pioneers who prior to this doubleheader were playing some good softball uh but st Clair rolled into town and avery paul struck out 12 on the mound uh and at the plate five hits Home run, double, five RBIs for Avery. <laughs> That's it. Laney Pavlo, two hits. She homered, tripled, walked, scored three times, knocked in a run. Claire Borg had three hits. Two of them left the yard, four RBIs. Hadley Schwartz had three hits, a double, three RBIs. Aaron Saros, three hits, two RBIs. And Julia Schweighoffer had three walks and scored uh, two runs. Riley Robertson paced uh, Crosslex with three hits. Jaden Gumto had three hits. Isabella uh, Pacina had two hits and knocked in two runs. And Shelby Oliver had a hit and two RBIs. And game two wasn't any better for the Pioneers. The Saints put it on them again. 20-5 to five was the final score in game two. Which doesn't seem that bad compared to what we just Yeah, played. no, yeah. Because those are, I mean, Crosslax, no, they're probably not going to win the BWAC, but they are a more competitive team than last year. And we already saw them. They beat Yale twice again. Yale struggled last year. They beat a good Marine City team as well. Yeah. Coming from way behind in that yes. one. They were down 7-1. Uh, Savannah Clark in the second game, two hits including a home run. Walk, scored two runs, drove in two. Laney Pavlo, two hits, a walk, scored three times. Two more hits, two more runs, three more RBIs for Avery Paul. Claire Borg had three hits. Two of them left the yard, giving her four dingers in the doubleheader. She walked, scored three runs, drove in four. Hadley Schwartz had two hits, scored a run, knocked in a run. Aaron Saros, three hits, including a home run and two doubles, scored three times, knocked in five. And Tabitha, uh, Tabitha Furlan, easy for me to say, mm-hmm. had uh, a hit, a walk, two runs scored, and knocked in two runs. But uh, St. Clair uh, goes off from the doubleheader. Uh, and outscores Crosslex 41 to 10, and it's still not as ridiculous or appalling as the the game we talked about. Crosslex still scored 10 runs in yeah. two games. Yeah, they're all and they. I'm, I think they faced Paul and Borg on the mound, which are no uh, Schindler pitched the second yeah. game, which are still two good pitchers. It's, it's putting five runs up against them isn't the isn't anything to sneeze at. It's just Crosslex needs to find pitching against the kind of more the better the elite talent and keep it manageable because that's that's rough and it was an offensive day because emily city and armada played a couple games and well they went up over 20 runs in both games combined the first one emily city armada is playing and it goes to the seventh and it's tied seven seven the final score is 14 seven emily city (laughs) 
Yeah, MLA City in game one, win 14-7, J of 40, three hits, three runs scored, an RBI, Lexa 40, two hits, two runs scored, four RBIs, Brooke Ross, two hits, two runs scored, an RBI, and Natalie Douglas, a hit, a run, two RBIs, for Armada, Alexa Kaunaki, two home runs and two RBIs, Natalie Sauer, a home run and two RBIs. This was, yeah, as you said, I think Armada, it was 5-5, and Armada scored two in the top to go up 7-5. I think it was in the sixth inning, and then Emily City came back with seven in the bottom of the sixth. Yeah, let me grab that because... To to win it 14-7 in uh, game one. Yeah, because this was kind of a wild game, trying to figure out where just where everyone's at in the BWAC because we've had so few softball games. Um but yeah, in the fourteen to seven game, it was Emily City was up just three to two going into the fifth. Armada scored three. Emily City scored four. Going into the sixth, Armada ties it at seven with two runs. And then excuse me, the bottom of the sixth, Emily City scored seven runs and Armada couldn't match it in the top of the seventh. But in game two, Armada got their revenge twelve to eight. Natalie Sauer had two hits, including another home run. So that's four for the Tigers on the day. Two for Sauer, two for Kanaki. Andrea Cox had a hit and two RBIs. And Alexa Kanaki had just one hit, but walked twice and scored all three times she got on base. Alexa Forty continued her nice day for MLA City. Three hits, a home run, six runs batted in. Chloe Brumman had two hits and two runs scored in that one. All right, North Branch played a doubleheader with Oxford and won both games, both by a run. 3-2 in the opener. Alana Dushetsky threw in that game and struck out 12, throwing the complete game of victory. And then North Branch outslugged him in game two, 7-6. And one other softball score, Frazier over New Haven, 11 to nothing. All right, we had baseball uh on uh wednesday as uh well let's start with the game you were at uh, brady because you saw this one live lakeview and marysville yeah um so they played this one on marysville's jv field because if you've ever been to marysville's uh varsity field it's the only thing remaining from the old school and how it used to be set up like when they um when they tore down the old Marysville High School about 10 years ago and all the, the athletic facilities, basically the only things that kept were still standing were the football field to an extent because they replaced the stands and everything basically around it. Uh, the grass became turf. But the baseball diamond was the only thing that stayed there. So it's the lowest spot on that block, and the drainage is a bit old. So the varsity diamond wasn't ready to play. So they played on the JV diamond, and... We had ourselves a pitching duel, to say the least. I don't know what it is about Caleb Dahlman and how he's been blessed slash cursed with this pitching because this felt like a quintessential Marysville game for last year where the pitchers are just unbelievable, but they can't seem to get the big hit at the right time. They lost this one 3-1. to one. But Marysville pitching between Porter Kays and Owen Vagie struck out 17 batters. Folks, uh, again, there's only 21 outs in a game. And two of them were in a double play. So so there were three outs or three plays that recorded outs that weren't strikeouts. Yeah. Owen, Porter Kays went five innings, struck out 
11, gave up three runs, two of which were earned, and it all came in the third inning. A walk started off the inning. K's got a strikeout. A second walk to put runners on first to second. And Sammy Trinisky, the third baseman for Lakeview, hit a two-run RBI. A ground ball that resulted in an error kept um, kept runners on. Then a single and an error pushed across the third run. And that's all Lakeview would get. And it's not as if Marysville's bats were silent the whole time. They had runners on in Every single inning but the second. First inning, Owen Vagie walked. Third inning, Porter Case singled in. John Herdebees walked. Fourth inning, Jake Patterson singled. Cole Bowman got on with the fielder's choice. In the fifth inning, Wyatt Fiardo got on with an error. Porter Case got on with a single. In the sixth, they finally got a run across when Trenton Vagie singled and an error moved him up. Fielder's choice kept the inning alive. Uh, Fiardo was hit by a pitch, and Connor Randall drove in the only run when he walked with the bases loaded. Porter Case came up and hit a frozen rope right at the right fielder, and that ended the inning. Uh, he made a great sliding catch. If he gets by him, it clears the bases, and Marysville takes the lead. And then in the seventh, Herdebees walks to start off. Owen Vega gets a single, so the tying runs on, nobody out. But Evan Robinson, a JV call-up for Lakeview, strikeout, 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 game over. They had the runners up to second and third on a stolen base. Marysville left, I believe it was 13 or 11 runners on base in the game in a 3-1 loss to open up the league. But right. They had masterful pitching. Yeah, the, and, and again, last year's Marysville team had a lot of games like this where their pitchers were lights out. I couldn't understand it last year because they had hitters. They did. Why they struggled. And then they would just explode some days and score a ton of runs against somebody. And then they'd you know, have three more games where they'd, they'd struggle. But, yeah, the, the big hit has been missing for Marysville um, so far. The only game they, they got big hits was the Marine City game. So, again, talked about it, this Bermuda Triangle we're in <laughs> for baseball and softball where things just early on, they're not adding up the same every day. <laughs> Basically, the story was that Lakeview got their hits at the same time. They got their base runners consecutively, and Marysville sprinkled them out, spread them out too thin. If you look, just looked at the score and you went, ah, 3-1, to one, um, not a ton of hits for Marysville, ah, they struggled. Their pitching was terrific and was more than good enough to win a game, but they uh, they fall, they lose their league opener, and remember last year, they lost 2-3 or three to Utica to start the season in a similar fashion, and that's what cost them a league title. All right, uh, Frazier beats Northern 5-2 to two in the first game of a three-game series uh, for the week. Um, two pitchers for Frazier combine to do two things that are outlandish. Hmm. They combine for a no-hitter, but they also combine to walk nine. I think 12 Huskies got on base between walks and errors. Yeah. So it's technically a no-hitter, but it's one of those, who cares? <laughs> Frazier cares because they won the game 5-2, to two, but you're going, well, how did Northern score two runs when they didn't get a hit? Well, now you know they had nine walks in the uh, the game. Lance Cruz beat uh, Port here in high 8-4 to four 
on Wednesday. I was at this game. We were hoping to broadcast this game. We had some technical problems, and we didn't, but I hung around to watch Peyton Mullins drive in, too. Cade Hansel is red hot for the Big Reds right now. They were down 6 nothing going into the bottom of the fifth, and they erupted for four runs in the bottom of the fifth and made this game interesting again. Um, Lance Cruz scored uh, two insurance runs in the top of the seventh, and the Big Reds got the first two aboard in the bottom of the seventh. They had second and third and nobody out. Um, and uh, Jack Clever pitched the last two innings, gave up two hits, a walk, but he struck out six. So he, he was throwing some gas, but Hansel had two hits, a walk, a run, and an RBI. Peyton Mullins drove in two. Eric Whiting drove in a run. Griffin Hansel uh, picked up two walks and uh, scored a run. And walks is kind of the, the, the bugaboo for everybody in high school baseball. But the Big Reds walked eight guys and hit two, and that's just too much. Because defensively, they played okay. They made one error in in the game. Lance Cruz only had eight hits. They didn't really hit the ball hard either. Um, They opened the scoring with a bases-loaded single by Blake Butt. It was like a 67 hopper past the mound Mm -hmm. and up the middle, and, you know, it it was dying as it got out into center field to Amari Holler. So, I mean, and, and PH had base runners all over the bases, but kind of like, we talked about with Marysville, they couldn't get the big hit, um, and everything they did just kind of came in one inning where they had walk, walk, double, single, ground out, and that's how they got their four runs. Um, but uh, again, PH interests me because I want to see how they're playing at the end of the year because I kind of like what they have. Their lineup's not bad by any yeah. means. They just need to find about three or four arms to rely on, and if they can get that, will they win the Mac Blue? I think that might be a stretch. Could they beat any team on any day in the Mac Blue? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, again. Lance yeah. Cruz was a Mac White team last year. When, when, when the weather warms up, I think the Big Reds are going to hit. The question is, is can they throw enough strikes and get people out. Right. So, um, but at any rate, Lance Cruz wins that one 8-4. to four. Richmond North Branch, we were interested in this. They played a, a doubleheader. Uh, and and I, after and two the, games, I don't know what to think about yeah, it. Interesting, though. Because <laughs> Hudson Davenport pitched game one uh, and gave up just three hits, struck out five over five innings, and helped himself with a grand slam home run and six RBIs. Uh, it was all Richmond in game one, 14 to nothing. Hitzelberger had two hits, a home run. Uh, Jackson Jones had three hits and knocked in four. Denny Saligan had two hits and an RBI. So it was all Blue Devils in game one, and you're right. thinking, okay, North yeah. Branch is a hoax. I get that result, and I'm like, oh, well, I thought North Branch would be a good one, but looks like Richmond's just too much for them. Record scratch, game two. Yeah, game two, different story. Blake Primo uh, goes uh, for His line isn't going to wow you, but it was good enough, right? He gives up one run, four hits, walks four, but strikes out five. Then he gets two hits and an RBI. Uh, and uh, Aiden uh, Swoosh had uh, two hits, or Swish. Um, and uh, North Branch ended up edging Richmond 2-1, to one 
in the second game and beating Skyler uh, Lowers, who threw five strong innings, scattered six hits, walked one, struck out seven. But I, I think that after losing 14 nothing in game one, this shows me a little bit about the Broncos coming back and taking game two. Well, for Lowers, you throw that line and you say, should Richmond win this game? You say, yes, 10 times out of 10. They win that game, give up just two runs. Um, yeah, that's a game that Richmond probably is thinking that could come back to haunt them because the split with North Branch, now they go their separate ways. They won't meet the rest of the year, and it's going to be interesting to see how both these teams move on. Because again, remember, Richmond finished third in the BWAC last year despite going to a state uh, semifinal. They weren't in the last two weeks of the season. They needed a lot of help to get in. So the BWAC's going to be tough, and I didn't think Richmond would run the table. I was curious to see what North Branch is. I really don't have that much clear of a picture when you get absolutely blown out in one game, and then you have a 2-1 pitcher's duel in game two. That doesn't that tells me two completely different things. Yeah. Well, uh, and and there are still two other teams in the BWAC that we need to to we've seen Algonac against Richmond, but we still have to see Armada against Richmond, and that's coming up next week. But uh, Algonac swept two from Yale, seven one in game one, six to one in game uh, two. Uh, the Fighting uh, Kasners were led by Josh in game uh, one, six scoreless innings, four hits, uh, two walks. 10 strikeouts. Uh, he also had a hit and two walks at the plate. Jake Kasner had two hits and drove in three. And uh, Brady's boy, Matt Meldrum, had a hit, a walk, and uh, two RBIs. In game two, it was Jake Kasner on the mound. Goes five, gives up two earned runs, scatters seven hits, doesn't walk anybody. I think that that's, those are huge stats when you see the zero walks. Five strikeouts. He had two hits and two RBIs at the plate. Tyler Schultz had two hits and scored three times. Andrew Thomason had two hits and a run. Elkanak won game two, six to three. Uh, Jack uh, Cavanaugh had a hit, knocked in a run for Yale. And uh, Ronnie uh, Colhane had a hit and an RBI for Yale. You've seen Elkanak, Brady. They're a talented team. Yeah. They, they are, and they needed these two games bad, and they win them in – Game one in convincing fashion. Game two was a little closer, but Algonac back against the wall against a Yale team that had just swept Crosslex, feeling really good about themselves. And Algonac comes in, doubleheader, knocks them down twice. Yeah, Algonac needed these wins. They are good enough to be in a BWAC contention, I believe, but an 0-2 start really hurts, especially when you're chasing a team like Richmond. But I say Yale's feeling good because they just swept Crosslex, so you're going, okay, Crosslex down a little bit. Look what they do in a doubleheader. They sweep Almont. Yeah, these were two teams that desperately needed wins after the the week one league results. Um, and we said it really doesn't behoove them to split. One of these teams needs to sweep, and the team that gets swept, they're in a lot of trouble. Yes. So And, and Crosslex comes through with two wins. 5-4 in game one. Jake Townsend had two hits, walked twice, drove in three. Jet Weeder had two hits, three runs. Drew Hosterman, two hits, a run scored. Game two, Croslex won a little more decisively, 5-1. to one. Drew Hosterman had three more hits, a double, two runs scored, and an RBI. And Ian Katulski pitched seven strong innings. 
Only one earned run, four hits allowed, walked two, struck out four. Looked like he was inducing a lot of weak contact. Almont may be 0-4. But, may okay, the 5-1 game is probably their worst loss in those four because they blew a lead against Armada. I think the other one was dead nuts close. It wasn't decisive either way. You lose a one-run game in game one, and in game two, you go up against the hot arm in Katalski. Almont's 0-4. They're not going to win a league title. I don't think 10-4 is going to get them there, but they are going to mess things up. You mark my words the next few weeks. They are going to win games that you go, ah, damn it. If we just would have beat Almont, we would be in such better position. Yeah, it's already a, a, a jumbled Matt, it really is. If, if you look at the standings in baseball right now in the BWAC, it's already a jumbled mess with the exception of Richmond really being the team that's gotten off to a hot start. However, they're not in first place. Armada takes care of MLA City in two games, 16-1 to and 13 to nothing, including a no-hitter thrown in game two. Game one, Eric Rogers had uh, a double, a walk, two, run, two runs batted in. Zach Marcy had a hit, two runs, two RBIs. Wyatt Modzaluski three, walked three times, scored three runs, and drove in a run. Wyatt Waskin, four innings pitch, struck out nine in just four innings, so out of 12 out, strikes out nine. Then in game two, um, comes back, and Wyatt Modzaluski, five innings pitch, no runs, no hits, only walks to six strikes, no hitter in five innings. And, yeah, they get a decisive win over an MLA City team that's struggling. They're 4-0 in BWAC play. Yeah, so 16-1, 13-0, the wins there for Armada. And then rounding out baseball for uh, Wednesday, Duran took two from KPAC, 14-2 and 6-5. Dryden uh, swept two from uh, New Haven Merritt, 7-6 and 3-2. And Hazel Park beat uh, New Haven 6-5, so some uh, close ball games uh, there. But uh, that was Wednesday. Yesterday was a busy day as well, and uh, when we come back, we'll start with the ladies and run through yesterday's uh, softball scores uh, and then get into the the baseball here on uh, what's going to be a long show today on GetStuckOnSports.com. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
Magna International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water Area High School Athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, back at it, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports Podcast with Dennis and Brady. Softball yesterday, we'll start where I was. Uh, Elmont was at Northern for a non-league uh, double header, and we've been saying it all along, Elmont can hit. Uh, and we've been saying this all along, Northern is very, very young. Like the basketball team, a lot of freshmen mm-hmm. out uh, on the uh, field for the Huskies. Game one, Elmont wins it uh, 10 to nothing in six innings. Becca Larson did have two of the Huskies' five hits in that loss. But for Elmont, uh, Grace Koenig had two hits, scored twice, doubled, drove in three. Devin Johnston, what a swing. What a swing. Three hits, run, two RBIs. Brooklyn Bunch, two hits, a double, two runs scored in an RBI. And Maya McLean, who transferred over from North Branch, um, was on the mound. Six scoreless innings, gave up five hits, walked one, struck out uh, six. Elmont, pretty consistent, a run in the first. Got shut down in the second, but then scored three in the third, two in the fourth, two in the fifth, two in the uh, the sixth. And uh, Northern... The only innings that they had threats in, the Raiders turned double plays to get out of trouble. The first one was a little wonky. Ground ball to short, and the runner uh, headed to third. Um, made contact with the shortstop. Mm. Who caused the contact? Up for debate. Wish I had a replay. Right. Uh, looking at it, it was two kids came together and there was definitely contact. Immediately, the base umpire called the runner out and then called the runner at first out saying that the shortstop couldn't make the throw over to first because of the, the contact. So it was. So he called it a double play. Randy Shagney argued it, trying to get at least one of his runners safe. Right. Lost the argument. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I thought it was the right call. That is, it sounds like, again, I didn't see it, and you had to see it in real time. Yeah. You have to make that call immediately, and if it's like you're saying, that umpire, the second he saw it, said, out, out, done. Like, didn't second-guess himself, didn't have a conference. He went, nope, interference, would have got the runner out at first, so you're both out. Yeah. That, and that, so what that, do you score that? <laughs> um, I, I scored it uh, as uh, the, the hitter was out, shortstop to first, and the runner was out, shortstop, unassisted. So a 6-3 double yeah, play? It's basically, it's a 6-3 double play. All right. Um, is the way I, I put it in my book. I had another weird one uh, in the first game. Um, fly ball to center with a runner at third. Deep fly ball. Mm-hmm. So if it's caught, the runner's going to tag and score. Yes. Center fielder dropped it. It's error eight, but it's a sacrifice fly and an RBI in no time at bat for the hitter. Oh, so just throwing that out there. 
I love your. I love when you get excited about like random s- score book. You know, how to it, score it, it, if plays. if I didn't go into broadcasting, I think I would have tried to become an official scorer. Ben I really do. Been at Comerica Park yeah. scoring. Yeah. Because you love all that. But I, see, I do. The and and, and the more obscure the rule, because I was telling you, I, I wish Miggy's 3,000th hit would be a ground ball that hits a base runner. Yes. Yeah, because so the did. runner's out, but Miggy gets credit for a single. <laughs> yeah, because that happened to Wes Miller the other day. And you're like, <laughs> nope, that's actually a hit for her. So. Yeah, she gets a hit for that. All right, game two was all uh, Elmont. Uh, it, it was actually 3 nothing through 3, and then they scored 11 runs in the uh, fourth on 12 hits the first seven hitters of the inning all singled there was only one extra base hit in the inning and it was a double that Kaney got thrown out at third trying to turn it into a triple um but uh, Elmont can swing the bats they had 22 hits Brady and they were all legit well, their 10 nothing game has been their low watermark this year yes uh, I was going to get to that in in just a minute they've scored outscored their opponents 64 to 2 in four games yikes um, but uh, an 18-0 win, and they had a lot of people do a lot of things. Grace Johnson, three hits, four runs, an RBI. Grace Koenig, three hits, two doubles, a run, four RBIs. Devin Johnston, three hits, a triple, three runs, two RBIs. Sam Lead had two hits, scored a run, drove in a run. Ella Chapman had three hits, scored three runs, drove in two. Brooklyn Bunch had two hits, two runs, two RBIs. Uh, and freshman Abby Gemmel, Five innings pitched, no runs, one hit. Didn't walk anybody, did hit three batters. Uh, but Just struck, more efficient walks. Struck out eight, uh, and in her only at-bat, she had an RBI uh, single. Yeah, Al- tale of two teams here. Uh, Almont got pretty much everybody back from last year's team, and they improved their pitching with the addition of McLean and with the freshman Gemmel. They are going to be fun this year. Elmont, Algonac, let's circle that one. Richmond. And, and, and those games have got to happen because we've got North to see Branch them. Too. Um, Elmont, Algonac might play a 30-29 to 29 game <laughs> depending on how the, the weather is and depending on how well the pitchers can, can pitch because those, those are two lineups that they just don't have any holes. Like you're looking at the Elmont lineup and you're going, who's the out? Right. Who, who, who are you getting out? in this lineup and once they get the train rolling it's like contagious you know you played ball it's contagious yeah uh and and they just boom single boom single boom single boom single and the other thing about it is if they have to play small ball they can play small ball they've got lots of speed uh johnson is just um, a magician with the bat johnson is a, a smaller version of west miller just with the way she can handle the bat. Like, she punches the balls through the holes into the outfield. And, and it, it's actually kind of cool to watch her, how she handles she the bat. She has a great control yeah. of the bat. It's like, it, it's it's not a slap and it's not a bunt. It's between a slump, a bunt and a slap, and it's to where there's nobody, and she just pushes the ball through every Hit time. Where they ain't. It, it, it's, uh, and, and again, and they have power. I mean, they're a nice uh, combination. They didn't have Hall yesterday. Sarah Hall, who's a home run hitter, didn't even wasn't even available. So uh, they're pretty deep. Uh, one other game before we get, because you had a great game. Uh, Gross Point South beat PH 
eight to, to four. Couldn't uh, get any stats on that one. Couldn't get any stats on that one. And again, Northern, be patient with with these guys. They're so young, and Becca Larson's a great player. Yeah, just going to throw that out there too. It gets lost uh, because they've now been shut out four of their five games, and the one game they didn't get shut out, they scored eleven runs. And yeah, ran, that's, and, ran, that's and Randy Shagney just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, you got to be patient, like you said, with young teams. I had a great game. I had a weird game. Uh, Stevenson and Marysville, Mac White softball. And not sure what to expect. Wind's blowing out to left field, so I'm going, okay, maybe I'll see a few home runs. Um, it was a pitching clinic for both sides. We go through five innings, and it's scoreless. Neither team really threatened to that point. Um, Mayor, or Stevenson had gotten two runners in scoring, three runners in scoring position. Marysville had two and only one batter ever got to third base so both sides inducing weak contact not huge strikeout numbers and then the sixth happens it's zero zero you're going okay maybe marysville can push across the run caitlin kane leads off the bottom of the sixth with a double anna Oles just tries to lay down a bunt to sacrifice kane over to second or to third because you're going okay bring up the next batter and just maybe hit a ground ball up the middle, hit a fly ball, score, came. Oles lays down a bunt, and the third baseman comes in, throws it right to first base. Second baseman wasn't over there in time, goes to right field. Kane comes in to score. Oles stands on second, brings up Lexi Perrin, who came in midway through the game for uh, Megan Winston. RBI double. Ashley Bassett was the courtesy runner. She scores from second. Then Megan Lenarski comes up who to this point had hit the ball hard twice, a line out to second and a line out to third. And on a pitch that would have been called a ball, a pitch that was at her collarbone, (laughs) she climbs the ladder, barrels it up, and it just (laughs) over the center field wall, two-run bomb, four-nothing. They get, and Kylie Parent comes up. She ropes a double. So the first five batters of the sixth, after Marysville had just had, I think, three hits through the first five innings go double error double home run double don't know where it came from they get emma curtis to pop out and then kate westmiller hits an rbi triple and as she's coming to third the throw goes over the head i think it went out of play either way she would have scored i like what i've been seeing from her last year she was very small ball and she did it really well she used her speed this year, the first couple times, it seems like she's swinging away a little more. She's got a little more oomph behind it. I saw her uh, in the first game. She hit a fly ball to right field that was an out against St. Clair that I was like, if the wind's not howling in, that might be gone. And then she hit a triple that I believe one hopped the wall in this last game. She's got a little more pop in the bat and combine that with her speed. That's dangerous. They end up getting out of the inning after that. Brandy Bassett, though, hit a line drive. So the good times kept going. She just hit it right at someone. And then you're going, oh, all right. Marysville's got this. Six nothing. Lenarski's been cruising. And then Stevenson decided to wake up. They got hit by the leadoff batter, got hit by a pitch, struck out the next one, a single, and then a fielder's choice. So there's two on with two outs. An error gets a runner on, 
and scores uh, the first runner that was hit by a pitch. And then Lindsey McGann, the leadoff hitter for Stevenson, the only one that Megan Lenarski did not get out the entire game, absolutely hits a moonshot that one hopped into the parking lot over the left field wall, got every bit of it, and you're going, oh, crap, it's 6-4 now. And then the next batter barely made contact, went right back to Lenarski. Boom, final out, game over. But Stevenson made a game of it. Marysville wins 6-4, to four, and kind of a big game for them early after losing to St. Clair. They're 2-1 in league play, and that was actually Stevenson's first loss of the season. Wow. Uh, and I'm going to go nerdy on you again. The Anna Oles play, she gets credit for a sacrifice and no time at bat. Oh, whatever. Because <laughs> her intention was to bunt the runner over. Not her fault. The defense made an error. You can't punish her with an at-bat. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Uh, Utica and St. Clair, a walk-off game. Unfortunately, it was Utica that scored two in the bottom of the uh, seventh to beat the Saints four to three uh savannah clark did have two hits and a steal laney uh, pavlo had two hits including a triple walked scored stole the base avery paul had two more hits and knocked in a run she also uh only allowed one earned run while striking out nine hadley schwartz had three hits including a double julia schweighoffer with a hit in an rbi and claire borg knocked in the other saints run but uh they had this one going into the the seventh brady and couldn't hang on yeah it was tied three three um the biggest thing that killed him seven errors wow that's wow yeah because that's a that's a good defensive team and usually you commit seven errors you're not winning a lot of games the fact that it was only four to three was impressive because they had they out hit them 12 to five wow but seven errors great equalizer Speaking of big rallies in the seventh, how about Marine City scoring six in the seventh to erase a 7-3 deficit and pull out a 9-7 win over uh, Lance Cruz? Jade Blanchard, two hits, scored three runs, knocked in a run, stole a couple of bases. Jocelyn Dietland, three hits in an RBI. Uh, Maya Simons had two hits, two runs, a double, uh, an RBI. She's really hitting the ball this year. Um, mm-hmm. Isabella Volkman, two hits, a run, an RBI. Olivia Volkman, two hits, an RBI. And uh, Kaylee Rickert had two hits, including a triple, scored a run, and knocked in a run. But uh, Marine City has had it happen to them, and now they've done it to somebody. Um, they're a fun team, but again, I'm kind of looking for consistency. Yes. One quick note, it was 9-6, not 9-7, but not semantics. Oh, okay. They still get the win. Still a big comeback in the seventh, and yeah, whole team effort. And that's how they're going to win their games. They're not gonna. They're gonna win it by passing the baton and having a few batters get hot in any day. Because who knows? You'll see them tonight. It might be three different girls that get six hits combined and and lead them to a win. Yeah, I'll see them tonight against uh, Algonac. Oh, Algonac took the day off yesterday and only scored thirty six runs in a doubleheader. <laughs> they're just yeah they're good 17-1 over Yale 19-3 over Yale first game Kenna Bomarito two hits a double two runs scored Ella Stevenson two hits a home run three runs scored two RBIs Maria Simpson with a grand slam Brianna Thomason two hits two runs four RBIs Sophia DuVernay had two hits then in game two 
D. DeLang uh, was the winning pitcher. She had an RBI. Kenna Bomarito had three hits, including a double and a home run. She had two RBIs, scored three times. Sophia DeVernay, two hits, a double, three RBIs. Charlie Baumgarten had three hits, two doubles, and six runs batted in. Yeah, and hello. That, that's a, that's a, a a player like saw the name, saw their doubleheader against Richmond. She didn't get into either game. Um, and when you're like, oh, she had six RBIs. It's like, so you got kids that don't even play every day for Algonac getting into a game and driving in six runs, bombing two doubles. It's it, they're just oh. That's all I can say. I'm out of adjectives. Oh, and speaking of teams that I'm out of adjectives for. Yeah. An Oxford team that just went toe-to-toe with North Branch, who we know is a good team. 10-3 Richmond beats Oxford. Katie Shoeboy, 10 punch outs. She also drove in a run. Lauren Creon, two hits, a double, two runs, an RBI. Ashley Stafford, three hits, two runs, an RBI. Lauren Teltow, a double, three runs, batted in. They follow it up, an 8-2 win over Oxford. Piper Clark, four hits, run scored, RBI, stole a base, was the winning pitcher. She struck out seven, so she did it all in game two. Toit, three hits, a double, a run scored. Lauren Creon again, two hits, a run scored. Sophia Ferranti, two hits, a run scored, an RBI. And Emmy Hildreth, excuse me, two hits, a run scored, an RBI, stole a bag as well. Drove the bus, too, after the game, probably. Sure, why not? <laughs> so, Richmond keeps rolling non-league play. They are... Ah, I'm I'm, kind, I'm disappointed we got Algonac-Richmond out of the way early. Yeah, but it, it was, that might, cause that it was might a good doubleheader. I don't think till a regional, because they're not in the same district yeah. this year. Uh, I, I'm, I was... Uh, I, I wish the wind wasn't blowing 40 miles per hour that day, but I did enjoy that doubleheader. Um, doesn't that a game you feel like it needs to be 75 and sunny yes and not 40 and windy and like you want to get a true measure of what those two teams are and i i they could play 12 times and we treat them like espn treats the yankees and red sox <laughs> yeah i would i would i'd want to do every single time that they played um i'm already like i'm very excited BWAC baseball is like a mess because I don't know what's going on and who's good and who's not good and who's okay and who's not okay. But in, in softball, there are so many good teams. And that league, there are so many good lineups that whoever does come out on top, it's impressive to me, especially if teams aren't beating them, especially if they go through the schedule and only lose one time. Which I, I find it hard to think that, the winner of the BWAC in softball is only going to lose well, one game. I mean, Richmond, yeah, Richmond and Algonac have lost the one to each other. Yep. but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath because uh, uh, just uh, there's some hitting going on in that league. Uh, Anchor Bay beats Gross Point North yesterday, eight to six. Caro took two from Brown City, eight two and eighteen two, and Badax beat Ubley twice. 5-2 to two and 6-2 to two to round out the softball scores, but don't go anywhere because we'll come back and we'll do yesterday's baseball scores next. We're already an hour into this thing. Oh, we told you. Uh, we, we, you we finally I, got some good weather and we played some ball. I'm glad I will take this. I'll do a longer show as long as we have stuff to talk about and we're not dealing with wind, rain, or whatever. Yeah. 
Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, Replace them with Anderson windows with low-E glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron school story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly Tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. 
getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. And uh, let's get into uh, baseball action uh, now from uh, yesterday. Northern bounces back after getting no hit by Frazier in the opening game of the series at home yesterday. The Huskies eke out the 3-2 win over the uh, Ramblers. Uh, Offensively, they get a couple of hits from Jacob Kerrigan, hockey player, so of course he gets a couple Mm -hmm. of hits. Uh, And Dylan Bloink, uh, like the, the stat line isn't going to wow you, but he goes six, so he eats up innings. Yep, They only score two runs off of him. Scatters five hits, walks four, strikes out three, gets the win, gets a little help from Derek Ruiz uh, in the seventh. He struck out two of the three hitters that he faced, getting the save. Nice bounce back win by Northern, who we think is a good team, Brady, but who needed a win. Yeah, and I want to see them take the series tonight. Um, you lose the first game, you get no hit, you've struggled as a team, and they had a lot of time off before this series. Take the series because in the Mac Blue right now, everybody's one and one except Marysville and Lakeview. Lakeview's one and zero. Oh, Marysville's zero oh and one, and that's just because they've only played one game. The Mac Blue looks to be tight as can be, and a opening series win would go a long way. So that's a game I'm keeping an eye on. St. Clair and Utica in Mac White baseball. Saints are just absolutely rolling. 7-0 and to start the season. They get an 8-0 win over a good Utica team. Jacob Turner, they only threw him four innings. I think he threw 59 pitches in the win. Gave up two hits, a walk, struck out six. Had two hits, including a double and two RBIs at the plate. Logan Ellis came in in relief. Three innings pitch, gave up two hits, struck out three, credited with the save. Cam Bleasdale, two hits, including a triple, a run scored. And Brendan Cole, a hit, a run, an RBI. Eli Lore added two more hits and an RBI for the Saints. They have been playing maybe the best baseball of anyone in the air. Now that Richmond lost to North Branch, you at least go, okay, you give a slight edge to St. Clair because... They're still undefeated, and their last four games, they have been thwacking teams. Yeah, okay, the pitching's been there since the start. But, yeah, in the last four games, their bats have been unstoppable. And with the arms that they have, if they continue to hit Brady, St. Clair's going to be really tough to beat. So after winning the first few games against Cardinal Mooney 6-3, they beat Northern 5-3 and 4-1. The Saints, in their last four, Oakland Christian, 7-0. Oakland Christian, 17-6. Lake Orion, 13-1. That's a good D1 school. And Utica, 8-0. So in their four wins, they have given up seven runs, and they have scored, what, 45? Yeah. And remember, six of those seven came in one game, but it was a game where they decided to go off and score 17. Yes. 
So in no real danger. Saints are playing the best baseball of anyone in the area right now. I would agree with that. Um, and we've got some good teams. Yes. Like I, I, I know Richmond has lost a, a couple of games. I think they've lost four now, one in league, and they're really good. Yes. But the Saints just are – Well, are, two of them were to league it. So. Yeah, but I – you know – the, the one game, they were very competitive. In fact, the one game, they had the lead going into the seventh. Right. but it's, um, The second gotta, game, they were never really in it. It's a little different when you say, well, they've lost four already. Two of them are to do a defending state champ. Um, Marine City, a team we think has a really nice chance in the MAC gold, gets a game one win in a doubleheader over Mott. Uh, Zach Tetler hit a bomb at two RBIs. Charles Tigert, uh, an RBI and two doubles. Colo Croy, who's a player we didn't mention much, but he's been nice for them to start the He's been year. hitting. Yeah, two hits, two RBIs. Jeff Heslop with an RBI triple. Cooper Letson, a young player for them, a hit and an RBI. Now, here's the interesting thing. We had BWAC games earlier this week that they just called to darkness. It, it got to the end, and I believe they said game over after five innings. Marine City and Warren Mott got through six. Marine City's up five to four, and they suspended the game. Not can't not called it. Suspended it in the top of the seventh with Marine City up five four. I I don't know if there's an official policy or if it's just up to the coaches. Probably they they got together and you know again league league game. Maybe Mott said, "Hey, is there a chance we can finish this?" game on an open date will you will you come back and play an inning with us which is i mean they're not right next to each other that's a little bit of a drive for marine city to come back and maybe throw i mean you could go down there warm up for 45 minutes to play three minutes of baseball well i i well because the mariners are going to bat and then mott's going to bat so i that'll go longer than three minutes home and away i don't i don't know let me see if i can find that they do do that in softball because I would imagine for a league game, you'd want at least one of them for you to be the home team. Yeah. Because that, that is a competitive advantage. Um, let me see. Uh, in that, in the seventh of game two, Marine City is the away team. So I don't know if they were um, the home team in game one. But Warren Mott scored four runs in the bottom of the sixth. So I'm sure that's why they wanted a seventh inning to come back and, and play. That, I just thought that was interesting because I think the Richmond-North Branch 2-1 to one game was a game called due to darkness. Yeah. I think Algonac-Yale had a game called due to darkness. Yeah, so, the 6-3 game, I believe. Yeah, so they didn't get through all of them. Uh, so the BWAC was just saying, if, I believe if you get through five, it's a game. Where here, Marine City's going to have to go back to Warren Mott. Now, I guess a question I have about that is, let's say I threw Heslop and he was ineligible to pitch during the game, or he had, he was ineligible to pitch because he pitched earlier in the week. If I come back later and he is within the pitch count, he's a, a legal pitcher, but he wasn't at the time of the game, are you able to pitch him? That's, a, that's an interesting question, and I don't know what the answer is because everybody treats it different. Um, we had a situation once uh, in in the minor leagues in hockey, professional hockey, where uh, a game got stopped after two periods, and they couldn't play the third period. There was bad ice in Flint. They, the other team wasn't coming back through again for like three months after the trade deadline. 
both teams had completely different teams, and the question was, are, do they play the third period with the teams they have, or do the, are only players who are in that game allowed to play <laughs> the third period of the game? And it was a real debate. Because right. it mattered to the other teams in the league who weren't playing in the game. They're like, these are two different teams now, and some of us need a certain result, and that team is better than they were right. before. So, yeah, does Marines, do you have to keep the same lineup? And that's, that's something I'm just curious about. Uh, not a ton of other baseball scores. Algonac, Thwomps, Lutheran, Northwest, 12-2. to And, well, yeah, the Kasners keep playing really well for them with other players as well yeah uh jacob had three hits three runs two rbis josh had two hits three runs uh and an rbi so they they scored half the runs uh roman garaga with a hit scored twice drove in a run matt meldrum had a hit in an rbi and uh seth uh lonegren went four and struck out three to pick up the uh the victory uh there uh lutheran north took two from elmont 13-3 and 17-1 so elmont limping out of the gate at 0-6 didn't see that coming no no i know lutheran north's a good team but I don't know if they should be Mercy and Almont twice. Uh, MLA City was competitive with Mount Morris, but loses uh, four to two in that one. But compared to what the Spartans have gone through in their BWAC uh, games, um, this is a huge improvement for them. Um, Anchor Bay over Chippewa Valley, ten to nothing. Uh, Drew Shornak had two hits, drove in a run, stole a couple of bases. Isaiah Domi had three hits, including a homer and a double. He drove in two. Matt uh, Regis, Regis, two hits. He homered, scored twice, and drove in a run. And Liam Carey, who's a really good uh, player, homered and drove in uh, three. Got to see him last year in the series against the Saints. I did the Anchor Bay Saints series last year, and Kerry was a standout uh, in that. And then uh, a couple of doubleheaders up in the thumb yesterday with Bad Axe beating Ubley 3-2 and 10-8. A couple of close games there. Uh, and Kingston tosses a couple of shutouts against Deckerville. 6 nothing in Game 1, 7 nothing in Game 2. But uh, pretty busy last two. Finally, a pretty busy last two days in baseball and softball. See, when the sun wants to come out and the rain wants to stay away, we can have some fun. And we're going to have some fun these next couple days because I have a doubleheader in softball between Armada and Marysville. And you will see Marine City and Algonac play for, what, the third time this year already? I believe. I know they, they've played at least one other time, and is it three times? And, and by the way... Uh, no, they played they played a doubleheader, but Alconac was only one part of the doubleheader. That's yeah, right. um, and a, a time change, too, because initially they had this as a 6.30 game, but they're playing at 4.30 today um, in that one. Sorry, I changed the wrong 6 o'clock time. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll be at 4.30, and then we'll have a... A uh, quartet of games on Saturday. Start with me. I believe it's Stevenson versus Algonac, and then uh, Chippewa, Chippewa Valley. Valley versus Marine City, yep. and then you'll have the flip. Chippewa Valley versus Algonac, and Stevenson versus Marine City. Yeah, actually, Marine City plays back to back, so okay. it'll, you'll see Stevenson Algonac, Chippewa Valley Marine City with Brady, and then I'll do Marine City Stevenson, and then Algonac Chippewa Valley to close out the day. Sounds good. All right, so uh, a little fun at Algonac. I I like that ballpark. It plays small. 
It does. Uh, and with I know you and, love your home runs. And, and with with the lineup that the, they have, the, they don't need a small park to do damage. The, the, I, I I think Stevenson could hit one out at Comerica Park sometimes. <laughs> the way that her balls, the, all, all of them in the center field, and all of them 20, 30 feet over that scoreboard. <laughs> all right, and then. Maybe I'll do some more digging, and on Monday's show, I can give you more closure on sixty-seven to nothing. Yeah, you're you're just obsessed sorry, with this, and you're bitter about it. I'm not bitter. I'm just you know, like intrigued. I feel like a little kid looking at like a monument for the first time. You're just like, whoa, did that happen? I need to know more. <laughs> like when a kid finds out about dinosaurs, I'm I'm just surprised that there, if there wasn't some form of an incident. Like I just because I I just couldn't couldn't comprehend a team just putting it to another team sixty seven to nothing in softball and words not being exchanged right you know an umpire not having to get between two coaches yeah and it didn't feel I mean they scored fourteen runs in the third inning after they were up fifty three nothing yeah going into that well they scored twenty one in the second after scoring thirty two in the first what are you doing and then if you ha- and this is just how my brain works. If someone has a physical scorebook, at what point did you run out of room? First inning. Probably. Well, I mean, I guess you're figuring at that point, you know you're not playing seven, so you can just kind of go into right. the next innings because you're only going to need for three innings. But still. <laughs> still. How many? Yeah, that's that would be the better question. How many plate appearances... Did Ishpeming get? It had to be let over a hundred. Hold on, before we end the show, I know we're already at like an hour and twenty minutes, but let me see if I can find that real quick. Because um, they had forty-four hits and twenty-something walks, and ish, and they made nine outs. Uh, there we go, Ishpeming Westwood. Six. Oh, that just blows my mind. Still, um, I love that. So you know, on Game Changer, they'll have a. Oh, it doesn't have a. Um, you know how it usually has a headline or something? Yeah. I was wondering what it would say. Um, according to this, there was only – so there's 52 at-bats, but there are 23 walks. So that puts you at what, 75? 75. 75. And then there were three, four, five, six, seven, eight hit-by-pitches. So now you're at 83. So 83, am I missing anything else? Well, errors, but we don't know which errors there were was, made on balls put in play. And Right. It says there were five errors. So somewhere between 83 and 88 at-bats. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... And by the way, uh, Manistique slash Big Bay did not got no hit, too. Oh, yeah. Well, we, don't wanna, we don't want to rob it from the pitcher there. Even though... It was a combined. It was a combined no hitter in the third inning. They put out a different arm, so yeah, Glenn, their mop up pitcher. Yeah, I just had to get the save. I, I'm I'm gonna have to find out more because this just blows my mind. All right. Well, while you research that, um, I'm gonna go to uh, Algonac and watch Algonac Marine City in softball tonight. While you go to Armada and watch a double header between Armada and Marysville in uh, softball, and then we'll come back on Monday and we'll tell you about how the weekend uh, went um, and uh, get set for what's another busy week uh, next week. Um, and don't forget, we need to do headshots because next Saturday, a week from tomorrow. We want to go to Comerica Park and do three three games games involving local teams. Yeah, so I guess I'll 
throw that out there too since we've already gone long enough. Um, Marine City Richmond Baseball starts at 9 at Comerica, yep. I believe. And then it's, what, 11.30 for Anchor Bay Marysville. And then at 2, it's Yale versus some team I don't care about. But Yale's playing there yeah. as well. Yeah, so, Yale's the third game. So, all right. Well, some combination of us will be doing that. I think we'll both be there by then. Hopefully. Well, um, you want to send send it home? Uh, we've done about all we can do damage-wise in this one. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.